Well, hey, everyone, this is Dave DeBow. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to be interviewing a fellow real estate entrepreneur, an entrepreneur of all stripes, of lots of experience, all the way from Bakersfield, California, Michael Quarles. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. So it's the first time I'm meeting Michael, but I've known of Michael and, and his very, very cool real estate marketing stuff for quite some time. So looking forward to chatting about that. But before we dive into that, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into real estate investing in the first place? Well, fantastic. I have been in the real estate business since I was an adult teenager. And I'm no longer a teenager. 58 years young. And I was waiting for my enlist date into the U.S. Air Force. It was a summer. My enlist date was in November. I was bored, didn't know what to do, didn't have a lot of things to do. I opened up the newspaper one day and I was going through the classified section. And for people that don't know what the newspaper was, <laughs> it was something we read to look up and get our information. News, yeah. daily news, that kind of thing. Well, there was this ad by a Century 21 broker for an R2 lot. Now, keep in mind, I'm an adult teenager. I have no clue what an R2 lot was. I, I have no clue what an adult teenager is. I don't think I was an adult till I was about 30. 18, 19, you know, and then we turned 20. We're no longer the teen. Got it. And so for some reason, I called this man and I said, what is an R2 lot? And he says, well, you can build a building every 3,000 square feet of the lot. The lot was a little over 6,000 square feet. Back in my head, I could build a duplex. I had never done this before, by the way. I was an indentured servant to my family. I worked in the construction business for my father. So I knew what a hammer and a nail was, and I knew how, you know, which end to hit it with. But I had never done that. However, I decided to go ahead and buy this lot. Didn't realize what a deposit check was, but I wrote one. And didn't know that you couldn't start working on a piece of property until you owned it, but I did it anyway. And I fell in love with dirt that summer. There was something about, you know, we boys, or at least from my perspective as a boy, I always played in the dirt. So I always liked the dirt but I didn't understand what the dirt could do for me. Hmm. But I fell in love with dirt that summer. I called my recruiter up and I asked him if I could not show up for my enlist date. He said, sure, sign a couple pieces of paper. And from that day on, I have bought and sold a lot of pieces of property. Very, very cool. So what, what has been or what is your major focus, your major strategy that you focus on for investing? Well, you know what? In the beginning, it was buying land and building something on it. And then way back in those days, permits were a couple hundred dollars. Where in today's day, they're $25,000, $35,000, $45,000 for the same wow. permit. Wow. So it turned from buying land and building to buying already existing property that had a building on it and converting it into a better piece of property. Okay. Yeah. And then it turned into, so that was rehabbing. And then it turned, and I coined the phrase a few years ago, wholetailing. So I, I went from buying something that needed to be fixed up at a discount and selling it after being fixed up, so ARV, to buying it, and it needs a lot of work, and I'm selling it to someone who wants to do all that work. I'm not wholesaling it, so I'm not discounting the sell. I'm wholetailing it. I'm selling it 100 cents on the dollar to someone who's going to take that, put some sweat equity into it, and then resell it or keep it as a rental for themselves. And I'm okay because I'm buying at 65 cents on the dollar, 
I'm not banging nails. I'm not painting doors. I'm not painting walls. I'm not fixing the roof. I'm not doing anything to the building mm-hmm. except sell it. So why is the end buyer buying from you versus from another wholesaler? Well, the end buyer, think about this. The end buyers in my, my league are much like the guys and gals that buy REOs, mm-hmm. bank foreclosed properties that need a lot of attention. Right. And they can't find their property. So they call a real estate professional up and they say, I want to buy a rental or a house that I can rehab, turn it into a rental. The real estate agent looks in the portfolio and they see my house that's undervalued in comparison to the marketplace because the marketplace is ARV, not as is. Right, right, right. They look at this one. They say, hey, this one needs a lot of work. It's priced just like the REOs that are hard to find nowadays. And they're cash buyers because that's what an REO needs is a cash buyer. So I pay my real estate agent 7%. I don't care. I'm making 35 after 7% is gone. I know I'm making 28. So plus the cost of buying and selling. So I don't mind that. And I'm not doing anything. And I can turn my dollar. What's nice about this program is I'm not out a lot of cash. Now, currently, I'll close simultaneously. And they say they can't do that anymore. But I do it all the time. Sometimes I'll bring cash to the table because my purchase date and my resale date don't align correctly. So I need to own it. So in those cases, I just, just pay for it. But mm-hmm. if you've been around this business a lot time and done, have done enough houses, you have a little, little you know, reservoir of cash over there that you can play with. Yeah. But I like the model because I don't, you know, I like Home Depot, but I don't need to go there anymore. <laughs> I was going there so you much. Had, you had enough swinging hammers. That's, yeah. yeah. When, you go, when, you, when you go to those places and they ask you where they put things, you've been there too many times. So, <laughs> All right. Well, that's very, very cool, Michael. Now let's switch gears and let's talk about something that I'm always very interested in and excited about. And that that's the wonderful world of marketing. Gosh, it's a wonderful world. It's harder today and easier today than it's ever been. Okay. So first of all, just give us a very, very brief 30 second overview. How the heck did you figure out marketing when it came to finding deals. When, when did that light bulb hit you? In 30 seconds or less, that light bulb came on when someone asked me in abundance how I was doing so many deals. And I realized I must've been doing something right. Yeah. I thought everybody that was a real estate investor or quoted quote, had a real estate investment business card that they were doing a hundred deals a year. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize the amount of business cards held by people that had never done a deal until I went down to, um, a conference, it's the first boot camp I ever went to. It was like 50,000 people went there for the weekend. It was the Learning Center in LA. Mm. And I was sitting around a round table and someone asked me how many deals I'd done. I, and it was in March. So it was a little early in the year. And I said, well, I've done 83. And they thought, you did 83 houses in your entire lifetime? I said, no, that's this year. <laughs> and they asked me how I did it. And I said, I started laying out all the things I did to find the opportunity at hand, because opportunities are hard to do or hard to find. You just have to be consistent and know what you're doing and then keep doing it and systemize yourself so you can do it on purpose. Okay, well, that's, so that's, that's perfect. You've been around the game for a long time. So if you don't mind, share with us what you were doing then and then how that's morphed into what you're doing now or what you're doing now that's different. Well, it's, more, it's different today because we have a lot of digital media at our, our fingertips. Yeah. Way back in the day, we had newspapers. I was doing a full spread, full front page of a certain page in the newspaper every Sunday. 
cost me five grand every time I did it. Scares the you know what out of someone when they do it for the first time until the phone blows up. But we don't use newspapers anymore, right? So you can't advertise in a newspaper because no one knows what that is. Did a lot of TV, a lot of TV. TV works great, infomercials work great. However, the most investors can't afford to enter that market because it's too costly. You know, a TV spot costs me about 900 bucks, but it's about $300 to run every time it shows up on the TV. So you've got to be really careful. Of course, then we do all of the things like cold calling and networking and everybody we know, we should let them know that we're real estate professional. But the key for me was direct mail because direct mail allowed me to introduce myself to the person I could buy from. Where TV and newspaper and some of the, the other market availabilities they don't give us the consumer we need. They give us all of the consumers. You know, much like a bandit sign, if a bandit sign gets a call, that's a motivated seller, but that seller could be upside down, doesn't have the 35% equity that I need to be able to buy their house to resell it for profit. Right. But I know I can pull a list and I can ask that list provider, show me all the houses that have 35% or more equity. Show me all the houses that have a seller or an owner that's owned it for five years or longer. Make sure it's under median value for my area. I want it single family. I don't want a trust owned or a corporate owned property because that's too much like me and I can't buy from myself. Yeah. And I can get that list and I can send that prospect various pieces of mail and I know when they call me, they're a prospect I can buy from. And I know everybody that calls me, even the people that they take me off your list, they will sell their house at some point in the future. It will be while they're alive or while they're dead but that house will, will change hands, I want to have the opportunity to be there. So I'm going, to, I'm going to grab that phone number and that name, and I'm going to on purpose mark it back to them. And we, did, we know that 80% of our deals come from follow-up. I mean, we're kidding ourselves if we think that all of our deals are going to come from the first inbound phone call. Right. It's not, it's not how our games play. It's follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. I mean, I didn't marry my wife the first time I met her. I took her out a couple more times. And that's how societies run. We have to get used to something before we buy it or sell it or sell our house to it. Right. No, that makes sense. So is direct mail, you know, nowadays in the, in the days of Google ads and Facebook ads and online stuff and all that stuff, is direct mail still working well for you? It works well for me, but it's not the only thing I would suggest someone do. Okay. I think we would be kidding ourselves if we put all of our eggs in one basket because the moment that basket breaks, all of our eggs spill. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Facebook. I like Facebook because half of the people need a realtor. They don't qualify. They don't have enough equity. They're motivated, but they don't have enough equity to share with me. But from a realtor perspective, that's great. So if I was a realtor, I am a broker in California, but I'm not a poor hire broker. But if I was a, a broker, Boy, I'd be doing Facebook ads like crazy. The problem with the 50% that I can buy from, only 50% of those are qualified. For whatever reason, some of them are looking loose. I still have their phone number, so I'm still going to follow up. But the 25% that are retained, those are pretty good sellers. But I can't just do Facebook. I also do TV. TVs are great. The, the people that come to me via my infomercials and my commercials are outstanding prospects because I get to tell a story that's based on emotion, which is what a TV commercial is. And I love those. I like Google ads, but I stopped doing a lot of or putting a lot of money in Google ads, but mainly because I don't want to compete with the big boys that are doing it nationwide as a lead source for realtors or other investors. If I was buying nationwide, and I was for a while, 
I was competing in that arena. I'd spend $21,000 a month on Google ads and I'd still have pretty good placement in all the big cities, but I'm not spending that now. And Google wants to take the 21,000 from someone who will spend it. That's not my local budget. Right. I like direct mail the best because I can turn it on and turn it off much like the other ones. But I know when that prospect calls me, they're qualified. That's the key to this game. I think is, you know, a lot of people will ask the seller the address before they make sure the seller's a qualified seller, right? I never do that. I always make sure the seller's qualified to sell me and they're motivated to sell me and they understand they have to sell it to me at a discount before I ask them how many bedrooms they have in the house. I don't really care. Okay. But the moment I know I have a qualified seller who's willing to discount their property, then we can start to dance. And I think it's simple. It's just that simple. The idea is you have to have an abundance. Most investors, the problem that they live through is they don't have an abundance, so they start sharpening their pencils and their deals get really skinny. Well, if they had 15 opportunities a day, take the best one of those 15 and do that deal. Yeah. They only get one every other day, maybe, and so they're really getting tight on their deals, and we see that in the marketplace where, and then, you know, I'm going up against another investor, and the seller says, well, this guy will, he'll buy it for, you know, $25,000 more. I always tell the seller I'll be back because most of the time I will because the guy or the gal that offered 25000 more than I can doesn't know what they're doing. And they're wholesaling. They won't be able to find a buyer at that value. Right, right. So I'm going to follow up with the seller because I get a lot of contracts on second on that follow-up. I'll call you in three weeks when you find out that that deal's going to go sideways. And I'm, ulti- I'm honest. My contract, in fact, get this. They, my contract says I'm going to make a huge amount of money buying and reselling your house. And the word huge is bold, and it's the biggest word on the page. (laughs) Nice. My contract says today, as soon as we sign this agreement, I'm going to start marketing your house for profit. I'm going to put it on multiple listing service. You're going to have for sale sign out in your front yard. People ask me all the time, Mike, why would a seller allow you to buy the house at a discount if they could just list it on on the multiple listing service themselves? And the answer to that is because I'm guaranteeing them a a piece of, of my money on the day of their choice. The multiple listing service doesn't give me that guarantee. Nice. So that guarantee is worth it for people. And I've bought houses from judges and I've bought houses from people that they send to prison. And the common denominator for both people, all people, is they need my money more than they need the value of that house. And I don't care. Guaranteed thing faster rather than an uncertain thing, who knows when. Right, and the reality is, is, you know, when you list your house with a realtor and you find a buyer or another realtor finds a buyer, that buyer hires an inspector who's going to go out and write a three inch book about how bad that seller's house is. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. I don't care. I'm buying as is. And there's value in it. When we place and we're able to communicate to a seller, our value to them, although we're reducing the value of their property, when we do that correctly, they open up and they're, they, they agree. And we have to, we have to do this in a way that allows them to sell our presentation to their best friend. Because right. if you and I were friends and I just signed a contract with Michael for 65 cents on the dollar and you're and I are having a beer, you're going to call me an idiot or you're going to do something even worse. You're going to say, I'll give you 70 cents on the dollar and you're going to try to get out of that agreement that you signed with me unless you can convince or tell the story I told you, which is true of why there's advantages of sell or selling your house to me. Right. And so uh, we treat everybody fairly. In fact, my agreement also says your house has to appraise for X value, even though I'm not buying it for that value. 
So I believe in being honest with sellers. I have no problem at all. I, when, my, when, I bought, when I bought the house from the Superior Court judge, he says, Mike, I can't believe people actually sign this agreement. And I said, they do, Your Honor. Please sign here and sign there. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it, Mike. So it sounds like, I mean, you got a lot of stuff on the go. We haven't even had a chance to, you know, we're just kind of scraping the tip of the iceberg sort of thing. So if I love it. I, I love this. I love another... If people aren't passionate about what they do in life, go find something else to do. Yeah. So we're probably going to have to have you on the show again just to kind of get a little further along the, the iceberg there. But I got a question for you here. So you're a busy guy. You're running multiple businesses. You're not just doing real estate investing. You got lots of stuff on the go. You got podcasts. You got the whole thing. Are you the guy on the phone? I mean, because it sounds like you're generating a, a ton of prospective business. No, we got on the phone. You got that outsource. We outsource it. But here's the reality of it. We have what we call Alex's, Ryan's, and Angel's. So an Alex is a person who's never bought a house for themselves. They're not a real estate investor. They're someone that sits in a seat and asks a series of questions. And it's all scripted. My wow. scripts are 62 pages long. Oh, God. Wow. If you say red, I have to have the script for the answer of red. If you say blue, I have to have the blue script. Once an Alex gets an appointment, it goes to a Ryan, which is second level, who then can go and make an offer. If the offer that Ryan makes isn't accepted, it goes to the angel stage, who can then start not making reduced offers, but then making offers that are better for the seller. Because cash is at 65 cents. Don't share the secret with anybody, Dave, but I'll buy any piece of property at 100% value with zero interest, one pay, 360 months in the future. There you go. Yeah. And so the angels start looking at terms, and the terms allow us to increase the value we're willing to buy the property for but inside of that value also gives us back what the cash is discounting. Got it. Yeah. Don't know if that makes any sense for anybody, but I, mean, I get well, I get what you're coming from, where you come from. All right. Then, so so when are you actually are you ever talking to anybody anymore? Or you got that all outsourced pretty much? Every once in a while. You yeah. know, real estate used to be romantic. You know, like I I care where the front door was and you know, where the bedrooms on the west or the east or the south or whatever. You know, front doors are front doors, garage doors are front garage doors. What I get excited about about real estate is every time I buy and sell a house, I make $27,000 net on average. That's all I care about. And I know I can do that as many times as I want to. Nice. Beautiful. And, you know, my Alex's are, they're just temp serve people. The reason they're Alex's, by the way, is Alex is a boy or a girl's name. Ryan's a boy or a girl's name. Angel's a boy or a girl's name. There you go. When my marketing goes out, it says, call Alex. So <laughs> Alex answers the phone. Whatever Alex's name is or whatever Alex's sex is, it doesn't matter. That's right. that. And, and they, they ask questions. And when you get it to the point where you remove yourself from being emotional, you can get better deals done. What I mean by that is I can do a full appraisal. I absolutely am licensed to do an appraisal. I will never appraise a piece of property I buy because that's my emotion. Right. So I'm going to go out there and spend $400 for, on someone to go and give me an appraisal on a piece of property. I'm going to hire a BPO agent to do a BPO. I'm going to hire a home inspector to give me a home inspection. For the $1,000 I'm going to spend plus the prelim, I know everything I know to make sure that the value which I placed on the property in the first place and the value I'm paying for it causes profit. And I'm fine with it. So I don't need to see front doors. I don't need to see sellers. Sellers don't need to see me. No. We've been taught by Maybe you created a business. 
you create a real business that doesn't require you. Right. That's that's what a business is all about. Awesome, Michael. If people want to find out more about you and all the cool stuff that you do, and I know we haven't even had a chance to really scrape the surface here, but we'll have to have you back on the show. These are great. I I love them. (laughs) They can go to yellowletters.com, which is, you know, the the source of marketing. Shoot me a phone call. You know, pick the phone up and call in and say, hey, how can we help you? If you guys want to have an on-purpose business, you have to start somewhere. You have to start with marketing. Perfect. Words of wisdom. Thank you very much. I appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for having me. This was fun. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.